Thank you so much for tuning in to Northridge Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you a part of our weekly service. For more information, please visit us online at northridgethomaston.com. Now prepare your hearts as we dive into God's Word. Thank you for being a part of our service. Today is going to be an amazing day. And, I, and here's what we often do. I just go ahead and put the elephant out of the room. Is when we get to ordination services and special services, sometimes we, we kind of go ahead and tune out and think, well, that's not for us. Oh, it most definitely is for you. Uh, we carry a part of this story of ministry. You do as a child of God. It's not something that pastors and deacons do and elders. It's something that you and I do together. We are the body of Christ. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, where it truly epitomizes all of the storyline of that body, it talks about the diversities of our gifts in chapter 12, that we each have a part in a story, in this big story that God has written. You may consider today your part a very small part, but the Bible goes on to tell us in chapter 14 that those of us who believe our part to be small, we are the greatest assets in the kingdom. Why? Because we come to a place of humility. We feel like, what do I have to offer? Has anybody in the room ever felt that way? I have. What do we have to offer? Am I unworthy? And all these things that go through our mind. But it, it is that very thing that brings us to a place where we become usable by God. The Bible says if a man should exalt himself, he will be abased. That word abased means to be humiliated. It's not just that he can't be used by God. He will be humiliated. He will trip up over his own feet. But then that person who would uh, humble himself, the Bible says that God will exalt him in due time. And it's due time for three men in our congregation today and their families that are going to be ordained. And you're going to be a part of this. You're going to be a part of this story. And you're also going to be a part of this challenge as you will hear very shortly today. So without further ado, I want to call up all of our active deacons, all of our active deacons and pastors to please take their place on the stage. All of our pastors and active deacons. It's a good opportunity as well. A lot of times you guys that have come in after we've announced these men and who they are and who their families are, uh, this is another good opportunity for you to get to know them individually, who they are, because a lot of times you have questions about that, who our staff is, who it's not, and so forth. And also, while they're being seated, I want to ask the wives of all of our deacons and pastors, if you would please stand, because you guys are the heroes, I assure you, in this ministry. So y'all give all of these wonderful ladies a big hand. Come on now. Amen. There's my bride down front. Wave at him. You look really hot today, just saying. Yeah. You can shake your head if you want. I'm just saying. Um, and then also, I want to introduce our pastoral staff to you, if I may. Uh, Pastor David. Pastor David, if you would stand. Catherine, she's out there somewhere. Maybe she'd be in the back with the children. I'm not real sure. Is she in the room? Oh, Catherine, if you would stand. Pastor David is our youth pastor. Y'all give it up, Pastor David. Does an amazing job with our students. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> Our worship pastor, Pastor Keith, if you would stand, and his bride, Ashley, they lead us in worship each week. I'll give them, Ashley, stand up in the back, wave your hand back there. Awesome. Look, I heard they got the most beautiful kid in the world. Her name's Ember Rose. She's my granddaughter. But anyway, all right, Tyler, Pastor Tyler, if you would stand up. He is our administrative pastor. Maggie is, she's in the back. Okay, got two little boys. Got one on the way. Y'all pray for a brother. So we are honored. Tyler does a lot of the things behind the scenes and our social media. So if you have information and things like that that you want to put out, uh, he would be the guy for that. Also, from uh, go ahead, Pastor, uh, not Pastor Doug uh, Riddick, if you would please stand. Doug is our uh, director of our, our deacon ministry. So y'all give it up to Doug Starla, if you would wave at us back there, Starla. And then I'm just going to have you guys stand up, and I'm going to call out your name, and y'all would stand up. This is uh, Jay Eubanks, Jay and Deborah, uh, Ben Daniel, Ben and Shelley Daniel. 
Chad and Sharman Johnson. The wives can stand as I have them. Uh, Tommy and Julie Ford. Michael and Stephanie. My mind just went blank. Stuart, Stuart, yeah, he's a trooper. I'm going to get a ticket. You can guarantee that. Uh, Craig and Kristen Johnson. Willie Rayburn. And Sean and Stacy Townsend. Now I would like for any uh, ordained pastors or deacons that are here with us today, if you are ordained, have ever been ordained, I want you to please join us on the stage as well. We would love to have you be a part of this service. So any ordained pastors, ordained deacons, y'all come up and join us. I see you over there, Chad. He's, he's got a bum leg. He can make it, though. Uh, y'all give these wonderful men a hand as well. This is Kyle, and this is Marty and Chad. Awesome. All right, at this time, can I get uh, the three candidates for ordination for deacon ministry to come forward? First, I want to introduce to you uh, Blake and Jenny Scott. Jenny, if you would, you come with him. Yeah, come on down with him. You didn't think you were going to get over that easy, did you? Eric and Amy Peacock. Eric and Amy Peacock, y'all give them a big hand. Y'all sit right here, guys. Y'all sit right here in the middle. I'm sorry. I'm bad. I probably should have given you some instruction. (laughs) You look good in a suit, too. I'm just saying. And then Travis and Stephanie Weed, if y'all would, come on down. Y'all look amazing. This time I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Tyler Pritchett if you would come up and share the scripture. Thank you so much. I just want to welcome everybody this morning to our deacon ordination service. I uh, just want to welcome you guys as well and just tell you how honored I am here to read this, uh, this verse. This is a verse that's helped me out, helps me in ministry continually, and I hope that it's a, uh, it's a blessing to you guys as well. It's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This time, uh, Pastor Keith Dunn, if you would come up and just let's offer prayer before we get into the charge. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, first of all, for your presence, God, that you're near and you're here. God, we take a brief moment to just honor you and praise you for your goodness. Lord, we thank, thank you for your faithfulness, God, in our lives as individuals. But, God, we see the faithfulness that you've extended towards our church, God, and towards these three men. God, I just ask right now that your faithfulness and goodness would be declared today. God, as they accept the call in their lives. We thank you for the call to ministry the day you saved us. God, but we thank you for appointing these men as they come forward to serve our church. God, bless them, bless their wives, bless their families, and bless us as a body as we support them, as we encourage them, and lift them up. Let all things be done in love to honor you and bring glory to your son, Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This time, I want to welcome a very special friend of mine uh, and also the uh, Deacon Ministry Director, Doug Riddick, as he gives the charge to you candidates. Doug? It's an honor to stand here this morning, church, to give this charge to these three men, but I want to thank you for approving these three men. Blake, Eric, Travis, you have answered God's call, the call to serve him as a deacon of this church, and because you have, you also have a charge to fulfill your first charge, you are charged to love Jesus. We expect you to show your love for him, for by striving every day to be more like him, in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. To fulfill your calling as a deacon, you need to be like Jesus. You will need to strive every day for spiritual maturity and Christ-like. So I encourage you to arrange your, to, 
I, so I encourage you to arrange your life around those tried but true spiritual leaders that enabled you to be more like Jesus. Devote yourself to daily prayer and Bible study, to private and public worship. As Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, 11, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. You will need to grow in Christ. You will need to become spiritually strong because you have been given a job that is impossible to do without the power of God. You cannot be an effective deacon on your own. Just like Peter could not walk on the waters on his own. So like Peter, you must learn to keep your eyes on Jesus, to look at him for strength, insight, and wisdom every single day. You are to be a Christian maturity. You are to be right with God, your family, and your fellow man in every way before you can be a deacon in this church. So I charge you to make it your goal to be all you can be for Jesus. Make it your goal to grow spiritually. Your second charge is to love this church. We expect you to love and cherish the Northridge family so much that as a deacon, you constantly strive to keep it healthy and strong. In other words, you are charged with doing all you can to keep our fellowship sweet. You're charged with preserving the unity we enjoy here in this church. Understand this may be very well the most important thing you do as a deacon because harmony in our church is still one of the keys to health and growth. You are charged to be out among the people, preserving harmony, squashing gossip and rumors. You are to support one another and our church staff, both publicly and privately. You are to do all you can to guard and protect this unity. You are charged with loving Jesus and loving this church. In your third charge, you are charged to love the people of Northridge. The most important task you'll be given to serve is to serve our pastor and our staff. We don't serve by standing behind him. We don't serve by standing in front of him. We serve by standing beside him, keeping his arms lifted up, praying for him daily, and encouraging our pastor to keep moving forward in through the bad times. We're not a voting board here. This church is the one that votes. We're to stand beside our pastor and walk with him daily. Get to know the people around you. Get to know your church members. Make yourself available. Do your best to make sure no one falls through the cracks. The word deacon means servant. So look for ways to serve the people of this church. Paul says in Galatians 5.13, through love serve one another. Paul reminds us that the most powerful tool we have at our disposal to change the world is love. Real love. When we love generally, we imitate Christ. Jesus said that when we serve others, it is as if we are serving him. Blake, Eric, and Travis, you are charged to love on people. Serve them as if you are serving Jesus himself. I look forward to serving you guys, and I love you. Amen. in humility, compassion, kindness, gentleness, and patience. And Travis, those are all qualities I've seen firsthand in your life. I have the privilege of every day working with you and seeing you display your faithfulness, your compassion, your humility, your patience, your kindness, all to the people that we work with every day. You lead by example. You show your faith through your actions. And that's something I'm glad to see in a person that I call my friend. When I invited you and your family to church a couple of years ago, I knew that God had a plan, just didn't know what it was. And today, 
I'm glad to be here witnessing part of that plan that God has set forth in your life. Watching you volunteer at the church, work hard in the church, uh, go to Jamaica. I've seen you go to Texas and volunteer. You're just loving on people. And that's what we're here to do, Travis. And I'm glad, I'm proud to see you doing that and exercising your faith, not only here today, but in your everyday walk of life. Travis, I look forward not only serving with you, but serving with your family in this journey as we move forward here at Northridge Church. You have a servant's heart, and you've shown that every day. You've shown it since you've been here. So, Travis, good luck in all your endeavors, and I'm glad to be on this journey with you. Love you, buddy. Colossians. Eric, I just want to let you know I appreciate your friendship. Excited about you joining Northridge, uh, being a deacon, serving with the other deacons here. Uh, Just so excited about your relationship with the Lord and uh, how you pour into other people and encourage other people in their walk with you. And, uh, and that God is first in your life. Uh, and also another thing is loving your kids. Um, you know, our kids can be difficult at times, and uh, I appreciate you setting the example, making every opportunity that you can to, to reach out to your kids, to, for it to be a teaching moment to them. Um, and also just, just being, being open to uh, the, your kids sharing the gospel. Uh, being in a public setting now, I know your your kids were at private school like my my boys were, and uh, now they're out in the mission field, and you've encouraged them to, uh, to set an example uh, that these kids are are not are not being exposed to what your kids are being exposed to. You're presenting the gospel for them, and, and these kids are being able to take that and and to be a good example to those that they come in contact with. If there's anything that we can do to help you, especially me. Uh, be glad to help you along your way with that. Uh, just as life goes on, there's ups and downs, and so we need each other to lean upon. And so I encourage you to, to reach out. And so looking forward to serving with you. Uh, appreciate you and, and love you, brother. Hey, Blake, I want to say congratulations on being selected as a deacon at Northridge Church. Since the time you first come to church, I know you have a special calling on your life. I've seen you work hard for our church, and our church is at a very important time. We're adding a deacon like yourself with the ability that you have to work and to give and to be involved will really, really be important to this church, Blake. I've seen you as a wonderful husband. Uh, you love your wife like Christ loves the church. You're so good and a loving father to your kids. You bringing them up in a Christian home, Blake. I really feel like that this is one of the special things God has for you in your life. We are so happy that you're going to be part of the deacon ministry. We're so uh, excited to see, see you not only grow even further, but to give the gifts to the church that you have. I look forward to serving with you and being on a deacon ministry with you, and I love you, man. Amen. Blake, if you would please stand. Eric, if you would please stand. And of course, Travis. You guys have heard this charge. You have uh, been approved by your church and as your pastor and pastoral staff. We approve you. We've watched you set you aside. Today, I ask you to acknowledge out loud with the affirmation, yes, I do, if you're willing to accept this charge. God bless you. You may be seated. This time, I'm going to ask Pastor David, if he would, he would bring charge to the church. Pastor David. It's an honor and a privilege today to be issuing the charge to this church. 
Um, I love this church, and um, happy to be a part of it, happy to serve here. And uh, Blake, Eric, and Travis, I don't think there's three better men that could be sitting with us today to receive this charge. Um, we put our stamp of approval on your life. This church looks at you, and, and we nod our head in approval, and we, we thank you and your families um, and your calling and your commitment to ministry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 through 17 says this, Now we urge you, brothers and sisters, that you know and respect those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction, that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We, ur- we urge you, brothers, to admonish the unruly, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, be patient with everyone, See that no one repays another evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. This passage is indeed filled with good advice for good Christian conduct and Christian living toward one another and toward our leaders, but its one meaning is directed intentionally toward the body of Christ, the local gathering of believers, the church. And how we are instructed to live and act toward the governing body that is set in place over us by God. The Bible makes it crystal clear. Romans chapter 13 verse 1. For all authority comes from God. And those in in positions of leadership have been placed there by God. If we want to be a biblical church, Northridge, we must live and operate according to this biblical instruction. The Apostle Paul pens these words to the Thessalonians because of the because the young church in that community of Thessalonica was not effectively appreciating and respecting its leaders. And because of this, problems were arising within the church, hindering them from the work of the ministry that God had called them to do. So under the conviction and the impressing of the Holy Spirit of God, the Apostle Paul writes them three key instructions, three key commands, which are not my words. These are not my commands, but these are from the word of Holy God. The first one is found in verse 12, to know and respect those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord to give you instruction. Northridge, we have a responsibility to get to know these men. We have a responsibility to respect these men, to know where they're coming from, to hear their story, to learn their testimony and who they are and where they've come from, to respect them as spiritual leaders of the church and to follow their instruction given by the Holy Spirit to honor them as they labor among us and give us instruction. These men will serve in capacities that may not be in the spotlight. These men may be serving in capacities that are behind the scenes that people may not always know, may not always see, and may not get the recognition that other, other places do. But these men will indeed be serving, and they have. I've seen Travis and Eric and Blake serve in many different capacities of our church already, and that's why the church puts their stamp of approval on you today. And these men, this board of deacons and the board of stewards and our staff, we see those qualities in you. But the church, it is our responsibility to pray for these men. It's simply who they are. They're servants, and that's why they're here today. So we want to honor them while they do that. The second command is found in verse 13. The Bible says to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. It is our job, church, to appreciate these men, to tell them thank you the next time you see them, especially when they're serving. Their love, to esteem them in love means to value them and respect them in what God has called them to do and to do this in love and in appreciation. We must be the backbone, backbone of their support. 
We must be their number one fans, to pray for their families, to pray for their marriages, their children, and to pray for God's anointing to be on their life continually as they serve and as they give us knowledge and wisdom that God has given them to lead. The third command is also found in verse 13, to be at peace with one another. Peace only comes as we submit to the authority that God has placed over us. For the faithful minister, it is the submission to the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. For the faithful wife, it is submission to her own husband. For the children, it is submission unto their parents. Everyone said amen. And for the church, it is submission to the faithful minister who is placed over you by God. Only when these things are placed over us and only when these things are in place can we follow the last command that is found in verse 13 and in God's word, to be at peace with one another. So I encourage you, church body, Northridge, I encourage you to accept this charge, to respect and honor these men as deacons of this church, to know them and highly esteem them in love, to support them and pray for them, and to be at peace with one another. So guys, when we started this church three years ago, we had a vision and a plan that was laid out that would outlive us all. The hope for Northridge Church is that we are not just another gathering. We're not just another church on the corner of a street. Not to diminish what any church in America or across this great globe does or does not do. We cannot answer for any of that only for what God has called us to do. And our simple mantra, our logo, our, our heartbeat is God's heartbeat is to love God first with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what Jesus said was the greatest commandment of all when he was asked by his disciples. Keeping in mind, he wasn't just assessing the Ten Commandments, but 613 laws of the thou shalt and thou shalt not. The greatest was to love God. That's our heartbeat. Secondly, is to reach people. How do we do that? By being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Here's what I believe to be true. When we love God the way he deserves to be loved, we're going to be the men of God we're called to be. We're going to be able to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. We're going to be able to raise godly children. We're going to go to church and fellowship and be able to lean on one another. Because I'm going to tell you, in a day and a time uh, when we desperately need fellowship and people to encourage us, not to discourage us, not to gossip or say something about this or that, I want to know that there's people that are coming alongside of me and helping me and holding my arms up. And I need you to do that for these deacons and for this pastoral ministry. Because the hope is, is that each one of us will finish our race. We each have a race set before us. The Hebrews writer said it this way. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience is not something that comes uh, naturally. It's not an innate quality. It's something that we strive for. It's something that we learn to anticipate with expectation, all the while waiting on God's perfect timing and all that he does in and through us. You see, God's timing is not limited by a clock like you and I. He transcends time. And today, what I believe to be true is that we are right exactly today where we're supposed to be. We should not have been in our building three months ago. We don't know the exact move-in date, but we do know this, that our ministry has not been relegated to, a, to an address or a place of four walls. It goes so much further. It encompasses you, the body of Christ. My hope for our church, for you, for, for these deacons that are being ordained today, is that we will each finish our course. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, in the doxology of his life, he was in prison and he was writing encouraging this young man who would go on to pastor the church at Ephesus. And he said these words. He said, I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And now the time of my departure is at hand. And then he talks about a crown that's laid up for him, a crown of righteousness. And all, not only to him, but to all to who believe. But to focus in on that one thing, that, that Paul could end the death, imminent death, the impending beheading of death that, that awaited him, 
He could encourage someone and say, I finished my course. I finished the path that was set before me. And just to challenge you, and you've heard me if you've been around a long time, it's, it's a parallel verse that's found in Acts 20 where Paul, when he's going back to Jerusalem, said these words. He says, I, got, I have to go to Jerusalem because I'm bound in the Spirit to do so. And as I go to Jerusalem, I realize there's going to be trials and tribulations and things that await me there. Persecutions. Ultimately, what I believe to be true, because we read later in Acts that he told his disciples that were walking with him, he said, you won't see me again. I believe with all of my heart, church, that Paul knew that his death was imminent as he went back to Jerusalem. So why did he go? Because he said these words, I've been bound by the Spirit to go. What are you bound by today? What is the Spirit of God speaking over your life as a church that involves these men and these men sitting behind me and the journey to finish the race that is set before us? And here's how we do that. He says this, no matter what awaits me, even my own life I do not count dear unto myself. He said, none of these things move me that I may finish my course with joy. Why did he finish? Because he set out to do just that. Guys, we're, we're, we're about to turn a profound corner in the history of Northridge Church. It's even been said among some of our staff, it's, it's, it's going to be as if we're planning a new church when we move up to the mountain at the ridge. I'm ready for that. I hope you are. I'm not tired. I'm excited. I, I got more spiritual energy than I've ever had in my life. You know why? Because I know that I'm doing exactly what God has called me to do. And I see the prize. You know what the prize is? It's not a church of 3,000. You know what the prize is? It's not another building or even the one that we're moving into. You know what the prize is? It's not having 54 deacons behind us. The prize is simply the high calling in Christ to be counted as one of his children in this big story that he's writing. And that's your prize and that's my prize. So without further ado, Pastor David has charged you, the church, to encourage these men in the faith, to get to know them, to esteem them, to love them, know their wives and their children, and know their needs, know their hurts. They don't have all the answers. These guys don't have all the answers, and I most certainly do not have all the answers. But I'll tell you what we will do. We will stop and pray for you. Don't meet us in Walmart and ask us to pray for you because you're going to get a prayer on aisle six. We will pray for you. We will believe God with you. And we're going to encourage you. And we're going to, you know what we're going to do? We're going to challenge you because here's what I know to be true. The Bible says, I has not seen nor ears heard nor has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And I'm going to tell you guys, I believe our best days are yet to come. I believe our best days are ahead of us. And I, for one, I'm anticipating greatness. And I hope you are too. But let me just throw this in here. As we go, let's encourage every other church in our community. Let's call out pastors' names. Let's go alongside of them when they have an event. And let's encourage them. You know what? Because we do not win if we only win. We win when everyone wins. We are the body of Christ. Only one small part of this big story called the corporate body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do our part, and we're going to encourage them to do theirs. And if you know a pastor that's fallen, you call one of us. We're going to go, and we're going to encourage them in the faith. We're going to come alongside of them. Lord willing, if there's finances available, we're going to help them pay bills because we do not succeed if we all do not succeed. And the same is true for this man. So here's what I want to do. If you agree and you accept this charge by Pastor David from Northridge Church to you, I ask you, church, if you will stand by recognition of a yes. Guys, I'd love for you guys to turn around, stand to your feet. And look at the support that you have behind you. We cannot do it alone. Let's give the Lord Jesus a big hand. You in the congregation may be seated, men. Men, if you would, I'd like for you to grab your bride. And I'd like for you to come up on the stage. 
as we present you with your ordination certificate. y'all would just stop right there. I'll call you out one at a time. This is your photo moment. If you would like a picture of your family member that's being ordained, you'd most definitely help yourself. What I'm going to do is when I call them out, I know that everyone in here are friends of, of these amazing people, but if you are personal family members that have come this way today just to celebrate or are very, very close friends, man, when I call their name, I'd love for you to just stand in support of them. Uh, and, and if it's everybody in the room, that's cool too. It's all good. At this time, I would ask Blake and Jenny Scott. Blake, if you would, come forward. Blake, we love you. We honor you. Jenny, we love you. We honor you guys. Got it. Y'all turn that way for a photo. God bless you. Y'all give them another hand. Y'all can go off this way, guys. And just go sit back in your seat, if you will. At this time, Eric and Miss Amy Peacock, y'all come forward. Family and friends, y'all please stand and support them. Eric, we love you and we support you, my friend. Amy, we love you and support you. Just FYI, uh, Eric is also an ordained, ordained deacon for another church from years previous. But we wanted to ordain him to say, man, we, we honor you. And we want to place him under the covering of Northridge Church so that the challenge that you church got, y'all will cover him as well. Picture. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all give them a big hand. At this time, Travis and Miss Stephanie Weed, y'all come on out. Friends and family of Travis and Stephanie, y'all please stand. Great to have you guys with us today. Love you and support you, my friend. Love you and support you, Miss Stephanie. another one of me no I'm kidding y'all give them a big hand come on let's give all these three men a big hand come on guys let's stand up and let's welcome them into the ministry the gospel ministry of deacon ministry amen yeah y'all can be seated if you church would remain standing for two seconds church remain standing at this time this is one of my favorite parts of the entire morning it would not be a proper ordination if we did not follow the word of God by the laying on of hands. This is a symbolic gesture and both a literal gesture. By our laying on of hands today, you're getting the approval of these men of God standing behind you, representing our church from the deacon ministry and a pastoral staff. We also do something different at Northridge. We don't just do that. We allow your friends and family. We would encourage moms and dads first. So what I'm going to do is have these men come down and gather in the front. If you men would gather in the front, go ahead and do that. And as soon as these men are, are positioned, then I'm going to ask well, uh, moms, dads, uh, in-laws, outlaws to come and get behind your respective uh, son or daughter, son and daughter. All right, so behind them, moms, dads, y'all can come and stand behind Blake and Eric and Travis, uh, and then brothers and sisters, any family members that are here, just family members first, but let mom and dad get in there first.
As I said before, the laying on of hands is just both a personal endorsement as well as a prayer, a fervent prayer, effectual prayer for the Holy Spirit of God to protect their family. We know that by each child of God, according to Job chapter 1, there's a hedge protection around each one of us that the enemy can't touch us, can't get to us without God allowing it. What we also pray today as a hedge of thorns, as Hosea prayed over Gomer in the Old Testament, that even if something wanted to disrupt or dismantle or hinder or impede the movement of God in these amazing lives, that that thorn of rejection by the Holy Spirit would deflect them and push them out from the inside out to protect their marriages, to protect their children. Now I want to ask anybody in the church, all friends and family, anybody in the house, it'll be just a, a big, nice mesh of love. I want you guys to all come forward. Just touch somebody in the front of you. Everyone in the church that would like to gather around, the more the merrier. Gather in the, the wings, down the aisles, behind them, however you guys want to do it. rest of you out there if you couldn't get down here to where they're touching that's certainly cool i invite everyone to touch the hand of the person on the shoulder in front of you or beside you men if you would y'all gather in front of these men by the laying on of hands and we're going to pray god's touch upon their lives others of you if you'd like to lift your hands toward heaven as we welcome the holy spirit to empower us as we move forward father in the mighty and the matchless name of jesus christ our lord Thank you first and foremost for dying for us, for pursuing us with that relentless love, the love that would not take no for an answer, but that would, through your long suffering and your patience and an undying love that would cover a multitude of sin, you pursued us. You lifted our head, as it says in Psalms 3, and you set us on a rock, as it says in Psalm 40, and you put a new song in our heart, directed our path. You're moving our enemy to our left and to our right, even making him our footstool. You are the chief shepherd. You are the great shepherd. You are the bread of life, the door that leads us in, and we find green pasture. We find great fellowship and hope and a living water. God, today, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray over right now these precious families. We pray over Blake and Jenny for their precious children. God, I pray for their ministry. I pray for their marriage. I pray for their home. home, Their home would be a sanctuary, a place of rest, a place of safety to all who come in and all who go out. That they may be changed, not by Blake and Jenny, but by the precious spirit that abides in them and in their dwelling place. Lord, I pray for Eric and Amy. I pray, God, for their precious children. I pray for their marriage, Lord. May you place a hedge of thorns around them that anything or anyone that would seek to disrupt, impede, or harm, God, would be deflected by the power and the Holy Spirit that lives in them that anyone that came in and out of their life would be forever changed by the light that shines through them, through the love of Jesus. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for for Stephanie, God, and Travis Weed, I pray for their home and their children and their marriage. I pray for their business. I pray, God, that you would encourage them, you would lift their head, that you would empower them, God, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, that nothing or no one would seek to disrupt anything that did not bow down to your infallible and errant word would be deflected to the left or to the right. But God, most of all, that people through their efforts and through their ministries, people would come to know you in the free pardon of sin and the promise and the hope of eternal life offered through the cross and the finished work and the resurrection. God, we praise you. We honor you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name, I want all of God's people to shout amen and amen. Come on now. Y'all give him a big hand. Come on. Amen and amen.
If y'all would, just find you a seat right here somewhere. We're almost done. Just want to never like to close out our service. I tell you what, deacons, y'all just stretch out across the front. This will be a great, great opportunity for us. You don't have to go all the way back to your chair. We're almost done, but man, oh man. I never, ever, ever would ever close out a service without giving people an opportunity to make some decisions. So out in the congregation, you guys can be seated for just a moment. You come here today and you've heard these charges. You've heard these encouragements. You've heard about the love. You've heard about esteeming one another. You've heard about a price that was paid and a race that we're in. But today that may seem foreign to some of you. I think I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to know that Jesus died for you as well. He didn't just come to save the righteous, but he came to redeem the broken and the hurting and the undone and those that are outcasts, those that are on the outside, those that have not lived a life that would be pleasing to God, that he died for that. And today, the only thing that separates you from that eternal hope is your willingness to say yes to the free gift of life. It's not your sin. He paid for that. The Bible says that he, Jesus, who knew no sin, perfect in all ways, became my sin and your sin that you and I would be made the righteousness of God through Christ. Today, you may be struggling in your marriage. God can fix that. There's an order to the home. Maybe your children are rebelling. God can fix that. To raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, God can breathe a peace into your home like you've never seen before. Maybe you feel disenfranchised. I'm thankful that you're here today because there's an open door for you here. Not only an open door into Northridge Church, but an open door into the heart of Jesus. He tells us in Revelation that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if any man or woman or boy or girl would open the door and let him in, he would come in and he would sup with them. It's a picture of reconciliation. It's a picture of fellowship and dining with him. I don't know where you stand today. Maybe you thought you came just to support your loved one. But I submit to you that you came into the house of God for such a time as this to hear this. God loves you. God has redeemed you. He's bought you with a price. Your answer today, yes or no, secures your eternal place. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The Bible says in Romans that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We fail every day. We will continue to fail every day. And because of that, the wages of that sin and separation by one man, Adam, sin and death entered in. But by one man, Jesus, life could enter in. It's a gift. A gift is not something you work for. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of your own works. It's not of your own volition. It's not of your own efforts. Lest you would get to a place where you would boast. It is the gift of God. And then Romans 10 and 13 says it this way. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is it that simple? If it weren't, my friend, it wouldn't be called a gift. It would be called a work. Work is something that follows your salvation and your faith. It's something that you do to serve one another. Today, it's just simply this. Do you say yes to him or do you just say no to him? If you're not certain today where you spend eternity, I pray right now today that you would say yes to Jesus. Stop running and hiding from him and start hanging out and fellowshipping with him. He would empower you. He will love you. And he will bring you to a place. Don't worry about stopping all the things you're doing. He'll sort that out. Just come as you are today. I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer of faith right now from your heart to God. Nothing magical about these words. Nothing, any more power added because I'm praying it with you. I'm just a man, a messenger. In 1992, on October 29th, I prayed this same prayer. Jesus bombarded my life with his mercy and his grace and his love and I've never gotten over it. He'll save you today and redeem you and set you on a new path. Would you pray with me right now from your heart to God. Father in heaven, I am a sinner and I believe in Jesus that he died on a cross for my sin. 
Jesus, today, I ask you to forgive me, to save me, to redeem me, and to help me to live for you until the day you call me home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed and you invited Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life, would you lift your hand right now? Don't even think about it. Just lift it up. God bless you and God bless you. And I see you over here, sir, and you, sir, anyone else. Come on, y'all give Jesus a hand. At least five people have invited Jesus into the heart. Come on. How about the rest of you? What about that race that you're on? What about your journey? Do you feel like me sometimes that you're just not doing what God's called you to do? Does anybody ever feel like that? Can you just be honest this morning? You feel like you're just not doing what God's called you to do fully. I think we all feel that way. Here's what I want you to do. We have our incredible deacon ministry over here to my right, all the way to the left. These men would love to pray with you today. If you invited Jesus in your heart, I'm on when I, in just a moment, I want to ask everyone to stand. Come down and let them pray with you. Let them answer any questions that you may have. If your marriage is struggling, come down and let's pray with you. If you need your ladies would like to pray, we got ladies that will step up and pray with you. If you want to join our church and our fellowship, man, we'd love to have you here. But if you gave your life to Jesus, man, we'd love to be able to pray for you. Don't leave today the same way you came in. So on the count of three, I want to ask you to pray. And when I do, I want you to just step out and come and do what God's called you to do. On the count of three, one, two, three. Everyone stand to your feet. Everybody in the house. If God's called you, moved you, y'all come.